So very much for joining me on another episode of Talking Cloud. Now, you know, this is where we talk about cloud, all things cloud, everything cloud, anything cloud. And holy moly, it is such an enormous subject today and growing and growing and growing. I mean, it's it's just so big and there's so much to talk about because Everything shifting left. You've got edge computing. You've got IoT. You've, I mean, there's lots of stuff. And oh, by the way, we're still in this thing called the pandemic. Um, but today, I mean, look, at, I've told you before, I'm no expert, but I know where to find them. And I'm really excited about today. Today's show, this, you know, I'm, I'm super jazzed because it's a return guest. And... Um, this is someone who I just, I adore, a tremendous amount of respect for uh, doing some exciting things. And she was on the program in October of 2020. In fact, I was listening to that episode. Uh, at that time, she had just started a new company with her co-founder and partner. And now here we are fully a year and a few months past and I'm super excited to hear of all of the successes and lessons learned from the co-founder and CEO of Solvo, Shira Shamban. Shira, hi. It's great to hey. have you back. Hey, hey, hey. It's so good to reconnect here, Grant. I'm so honored that you invited me again. Uh, I I was look at you and I. It's too bad, or maybe good for everyone else, but for us, it's not a four-hour program um, <laughs> because we could fill it up. You know. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I just I love talking with you, and I'm thrilled to have you back. So wow, you know, I was looking, I was listening to the program, and I was listening to, you know, some of the things that um, you were contemplating, and you were going out, and you were talking to. Uh, all of the personas that you were expecting uh, uh, might be using Salvo's product. I saw recently the IAM magnifier that I want to hear about. I mean, holy moly, there's so much. Ha uh, so I don't know where to begin. How about take us back and bring us current to the last 14, 15 months. And uh, you're welcome to take as much time and detail out as much as you like or not sure so so last time we talked um david my co-founder and i were already after our seed founding round and already had a good idea in mind as to what are we going to do and how are we going to do it already had a couple of uh, uh, hired team members and, and worked on, on our vision. And one good thing I can share is that because both David and myself are coming from the world of cloud and security, we didn't really have to pivot during this you know, period of time. We had a pretty good idea as to what is the problem that we want to solve and David had a good idea about what is the right technology to solve it with. So we didn't, you know, waste much time in wondering, trying, mm -hmm. throwing it out the window and trying again. Right. Um, and and the first lines of code uh, that David wrote for, for the MVP are still, uh, uh, in a way, in use in the product. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that... The, you know, this is one one good takeaway for people who, who want to start their own venture. I mean, pivoting and trying and trying again is really good. 
But if you have a domain uh, where you are an expert, use that. Definitely. Yes. It's going to save you yeah. lots of time and help you uh, hold intelligent conversations with people. Uh, right. I mean, we, I don't know everything. David doesn't know everything. But we can talk to the right people and ask them the right questions to fill in the gaps, the knowledge gaps that we mm-hmm. have. I think what you talk about is uh, we often hear fail fast, right, right, in the world of startup, right? So the expectation is that you're going out with a hypothesis, you're going out with some uh, guess that, mm-hmm. oh, wrong. And what you're saying is, listen, uh, yes, uh, no one knows it all, but if you have strength and expertise in a particular domain and see the through the eye of the needle so to speak right see a need see a way you could solve a problem believe in it and yes until it's just totally refuted like the idea i shared with you and you just said no wouldn't be enough processing power you idiot but that's another (laughs) thing um and and yes i believe in failing fast there were you know certain events when we said listen i don't know the right answer Let's just try it out and see what happens and adapt along the way. Uh, back in March, we released, uh, um, I found out that I'm having a problem converting uh, people into customers, users or, or prospects into customers. I mm-hmm. saw, you know, it's not easy. Uh, and this is why we came up with a free offering Uh, Mm -hmm. to kind of try and create the sense of urgency for these people. So it came from this need of articulate or present in an easy way uh, uh, what is the problem with your cloud account and why do you absolutely need to try out Salvo's product uh, uh, today. And that was the first product that we officially launched, the Security Genie. Um, and, and since then, we've been, you know, getting users feedback, improving this product um, and, and making it an offering also for on one hand for people who just, you know, come into our, our website, want to give it a shot. And then we also saw that some professional services companies actually want to use this security genie to give it as an added value for their customers to show them that they can also audit the customer's AWS account. And all of a sudden, I realized that, you know, this little uh, uh, PLG kind of uh, uh, experience mm-hmm. uh, helped us, to, help us to, to open a new offering for professional services companies. Yeah, brilliant. They're, so they can, they can use uh, Salvo Genie as yes. a tool in their tool belt performing the f- uh, professional services that they're performing, right? Because that, exactly. we know, is a narrow field, limited expertise, cool tools, uh, got to be winners out there and differentiators for those people uh, performing those services, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly right. So they can easily run the security genie audit and then tell their customers, hey, listen, you have, you know, critical uh, findings in your identity and access management. Uh, let's try and fix that together or with Solvo. So that became you know, an interesting way for us to engage with users uh, um, by, by working with professional services people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was really, really nice. When I hear the, the, this combination of lack of people, lack of resources, um, look at even with the basic leading CSPM tools, when you're a consumer of cloud, it just it's still too much. Right. Oh, yeah. it, 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 I, I mean, the tools, uh, I think what you're building is an example of how the tools, you know, look, I, here's my analogy, Shira. We're, 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 we're taking a redwood out of the forest in California and we're making a toothpick. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what happens is is you just are over and over and over refining and refining and refining. And, and you know, I kind of liken that to the cloud is that redwood forest. It's so enormous that we're we've got all these little toothpicks that really are required to do the job. We can't 
uh, have, I mean, come on. If you've got 6,000 S3 buckets, you know, doing a quick, hey, you have 648 that are unencrypted. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, it leaves you wanting more, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for us from day one, when we didn't even know exactly how the product is going to work, the, the important vision was to make sure that we don't only tell users uh, what they're doing wrong, pointing out that things are not uh, uh, well configured in their account because they don't need the product to tell them that. When, mm-hmm. when security practitioners wake up in the morning, they know something is wrong. Uh, what they really need uh, is for some kind of product to give them a miracle and miraculously help them solve these security issues. And we wanted to to make sure that by connecting to Solvo, when we detect a security issue, we can actually fix it mm. automatically. Mm-hmm. Even in our MVP, this is what we did. We took, you know, a very tiny uh, use case, but we showed how we automatically detect and fix it. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think that um, w- when people think about what's in their toolbox, they need to think about the output or the value that they're going to get out of it. Because right. if I will show you hundreds of security issues and findings, is this really going to be helpful for you? Do you have enough resources to fix this? Or are you not going to sleep well at night because you know that? And that you know that if something goes wrong and there is a big security incident in your organization, you won't be able to say, hey, I had, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. The big fear. Mm-hmm. The, the great fear. So talk a little bit about the product. I just want to understand, tell the audience, it's a SaaS product, right? right? And um, talk uh, about who's really emerging as the 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 user uh, of the product. Uh, I don't imagine it's the CISO, but it might be. And then I want to hear about this IAM magnifier and and why you have uh, came out with it, and just sure. about identity. I think that's an exciting topic in the cloud. All right. Well, as for the user. Our, our initial uh, uh, thesis was that we will be f- talking to developers. And something that we already knew was that developers are being told they should care about security. Sometimes they say they care about security, but at the end of the day, they're only measured on you know, the next feature, the next ticket they're gonna close, uh, the next PR, they're not really measured on the quality and uh, the security of the code that they're delivering. So we realized that even though we would like developers to use our tool, we shouldn't address them. We shouldn't try to sell them the product. And while thinking about it, we realized that we have a good, uh, good. Co- we have good conversations with DevOps and DevSecOps teams. Mm-hmm. And we decided to work in two angles. One is talking to DevOps, DevSecOps, and the other is talking to the security people, infrastructure security, cloud security, Mm -hmm. uh, whoever you have in your organization. And what we realized is that uh, if we start by talking to the DevOps person and telling them, listen, uh, don't mind about security. Look at the security permissions we can help you we can help you create, we will analyze your environment, give you the new security policies, you integrate them with your CI CD pipeline, and then you can forget about us. They found this as a very compelling offering. Mm. They were not looking for the IM magnifier. They were not looking for pretty dashboards. They were looking for a very clear input and output. How do I integrate this? Is this going to be automated? Uh, Can I forget about you uh, ever existing? Yes. Okay. They integrate Solvo. Yeah. You have a question? So, yeah. My question is, it sounds like it, it's also communicating and organizing and coordinating with the organization, uh, the department within the company that is at the beginning of the cycle, 
the beginning of yes. the development, the beginning yeah. of the effort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is so that, here's the thing. Right? We started, we tried developers who realized it's not a good audience. We moved to the middle, to the DevOps people. And, and it doesn't end there because what we saw is that, okay, we integrated with the CI/CD pipeline. We thought that our job here is, is done. And then people came to us and said two things. One is, listen, we've integrated Solvo. We cleaned up our application. It's well configured. Everything is working well. So from this point and on, we are handing uh, the responsibility on the Solvo product to the developers. And now we're going to tell them that it is their job to make sure that the security permissions are well configured, but we have equipped them with Solvo. So it's not like we're telling them, listen, you have to go figure it out yourselves, bye-bye. Right. We tell them, you need to do this, but here is a tool that is going to do that for you. That's one, one motion that we see. The other motion that we see in this connects to the IM magnifier mm -hmm. that you asked about is, you know, the DevOps team often talks to the security team, showing them and sharing with them some things. And, and what we saw is that in several cases, the DevOps team comes up to the security team telling them, listen, we are using this product, but we think that you can actually make a good use out of it. So the DevOps team became our advocate and mm. they're sh sharing with the security team that Solvo can actually do some really cool stuff that the DevOps team doesn't need, but can be very helpful for security. For mm. example, using the IAM magnifier, or let's say what, what exactly is the IAM magnifier? Mm -hmm. This is Solvo's new feature that puts a, a, on a map a, the IAM permission model. So we can show you how to get uh, from one point to the other in your cloud application. What does that mean? L uh, we can work with any cloud asset that you have, but let's talk about S3 Bucket because it is the most popular right. cloud service in the world. Yep. So let's say you have a bucket and you store some sensitive data inside and you want to make sure that no one has access to this bucket except for a specific person, or accept for a specific Lambda function that only needs to write new items in the bucket, and you do not want the Lambda function to be able to read or delete items out of the bucket. Mm -hmm. So the IAM magnifier enables you or empowers you to see all the connections and all the different uh, paths to make it from one point to the other. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to see that you have an S3 bucket and you have a user that can that has full access to the bucket, or you have a, an external account connected to that bucket. And, and why exactly is that? Oh, I don't know. Well, I need to remove that right away. So it's really easy to see the mm. security permission model. It's really easy to see excessive permissions. And it's really easy to fix those because once we're able to see that this spe specific Lambda has access to the S3, we can also generate a new security policy for the Lambda and for the S3. We look at each cloud asset as an individual identity. So we can create a security policy for each one based on their real needs and not based on whatever it was that the developer gave, which is usually full access. And how do you do that? How do you determine... Do you work your way, follow the footsteps back and what the application is doing and who it's talking to and, and, and where the puts are and where the gets are and what it's doing and then saying, okay, what's the bare minimum in order to accomplish that? Great question. Um, the most popular way to do this um, is by analyzing a log called, called CloudTrail. Yeah. It, a, a, a log AWS is providing for us, mm -hmm. um, there is a really big disadvantage of using these logs. Uh, the disadvantage is that these logs are not very detailed, at least not for every cloud service. So for S3, they're pretty good. But for other AWS services, mm -hmm. these logs have lots of blind spots. So you can't use the log 
and craft a new security policy out of it. This is why when we thought about the right technology that would enable us to create new security permissions from scratch, we very quickly realized that this is not a good way. Hmm. So what we actually do is connect to the application layer and do runtime analysis on the application. That means that we see the real behavior, the real action, and have full visibility and full coverage on everything, every action that happens in the application. And this is why we can create the most granular and accurate security policies that cover only what the application needs. And if tomorrow morning something is going to change and the application would have different needs, mm-hmm. we can immediately identify it and update the security policy accordingly. So this is probably one of the biggest differentiators yeah. between Solvo and other security products. Other products can maybe improve the policy that you have created, whereas Solvo, our assumption is that the policy that you created is not good, so we're going to create a completely new one, alternative one for you. And, and is it a... Is it- like uh, uh, fired off every five seconds? Is it looking, I mean, how is it continuous? Is it something activated when you push the go button? <laughs> what, what enables it to always be watching? Once you connected Solvo to your application, uh, we actually do two things. One is a periodic uh, snapshot, let's say, of the existing a status of your AWS account. How many S3 buckets do you have? How many uh, EC2 machines do you have? And so on. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that we do is analyze the application layer. That means that we're always connected to your application and we have visibility both to the infrastructure and to the application. Uh, this is a very unique way to do cloud infrastructure security based on the application layer. Usually you have a product that either does infrastructure security or application security. And Solvo is actually in the middle trying to do both. Uh, Today, as more organizations are creating cloud native applications, that actually means that the, the separating between infrastructure is application and application is no longer really accurate because when you build a a cloud native application and you use AWS managed services, so certain components in your application are actually tiny applications that AWS created. So these are like small black boxes. You did not write their code, uh, uh, but they are integrated into your application layer. So we kind of need to look at these two layers as one. Yeah. Well, the world of uh, everything's as a service, right? We're in this. Yes. We're, we're we're in the world of everything as a service, and everything's virtualized for the most part, right? I mean, we've abstracted and, and abstracted, and now you know. I mean. I always just go back to the stupid example, ELB versus load balancer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, for years, the physical network guys, it was, you know, an F5 load balancer. It's a box. And now it's not a it's box. Not. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's not. It's software and, now. Yeah. And, and it's exciting that compute has evolved to a point where everything is becoming software yes. uh, for the most part. Of course, there's hardware out there. We know that somewhere there's a big engine uh, roaring, but uh, it's pretty exciting, um, which takes me to uh, the conversation around, which personally, I here's what I think. And I'll be curious. In fact, I sent this, uh, if I can find it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I sent this as my... Uh, I was asked for a prediction, and this was my prediction for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had to do with identity, access, and the subsequent operationalizing of the 
controls, the access controls, uh, and, and that entire environment because everything has an identity. And here's the stat that I heard. I think we talked about this uh, from uh, Amazon. 400, no wait, 500, was it 500 billion API calls a second and everyone includes IAM. Yep. I mean, just pause for a second. I mean, when you think about that scale, and 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 understand and appreciating that everyone ha- has IAM, meaning everyone there's an identity associated with it. Holy shia! I mean, exactly. This is exactly. you know what I see. I see this massive ball of a mess on the inside out on the surface looks really great but boy when you start getting into it this gets gnarly in a in a heartbeat i mean it's it's complex and it's only going to increase if that's where we are today so you know i really think this is going to be a huge challenge for CISOs going forward, making sure that who and what has an identity is built to a zero trust policy uh, that is watched and monitored all the time. I mean, I think this is the, the new challenge that we face. What do you think? Uh, first of all, yes. Uh, uh, Werner Vogel was the one to yes. share his statistics in his keynote at AWS reInvent. And that was mind blowing thinking about some kind of managed service that has to handle half a billion API calls a second is insane. This is, you know, you can't even imagine these numbers. And it's pretty amazing to think about how AWS, for us, this is a managed service, right? I don't know how many API calls they have every day or every second, but for them, this is the software. This is their SaaS. There is a team somewhere that their SaaS product yeah. is identity and access management in AWS. Yeah. And this service actually needs to have 100% availability. Yep. Because if IAM doesn't work, every cloud application is going to break. Right. So this is absolutely crazy. And is, I, we were talking about this, right, on um, the remarkable, uh, I don't know if I can say similarity uh, uh, other than the criticality of it functioning uh, uh, with DNS. You know, the, the, the old uh, classic phone book in the sky, right, uh, DNS, DHCP, IP address, uh, you know, I mean, what works on your physical network if uh, DNS isn't resolving? Right. It's always DNS. <laughs> That's, uh, right. <laughs> That's right. It's the easiest target, right? Yes. And actually, very often when an application is not working, it really makes sense to check uh, the IAM permission and see if anyone has changed them. Yeah. So actually, one of the things that we have in Solvo is a repository of the previous permissions that you used and a timeline that shows when did you last change it, what was the previous version, so that Mm. in case something is broken in your application and you're trying to understand or investigate and find the last version that worked, it's going to be very easy to revert if necessary. We understand that identity is what uh, uh, makes the application tick and if you want to make sure that your application is secure, then the identity of the cloud components uh, must be very least privileged and accurate and also very dynamic, just like your application is. Right. Well, because that that's the other uh, exacerbating attribute, if you will, in the cloud is is its fluidity. Right yeah. is 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 the constant flux and change. I mean, it's the straight. It, it's the attribute that we love, but it also introduces all the new challenges. You know, I just saw that uh, um, 
there's a cloud security report that's come out recently. Um, I don't know who actually was the one that produced it. Uh, my apologies to the producer. Um, but I distinctly remember we've used it and sponsored it in years past. Um, uh, quite a large constituency that contributes. But one statistic I find uh, interesting, originally it was like 64%, and now the last I saw it's up to 81%, and that is being able to use old tools, on-premise traditional tools in the cloud. Back, you know, 64% uh, said, no, it doesn't work two years ago. Now that number's up to 81%. So I find it interesting that the longer we've been in the cloud, the more people are realizing there's new tools that are needed in this new environment. And this is perfect example, right? This whole shift of everything's virtual. Yep. Yes, this is absolutely right. Um, people need a product that speaks the cloud language uh, that works as as fast as the cloud, uh, as dynamic as the cloud. Continuous and as the cloud. For yes. organizations that are shifting from the on-prem to the cloud, you know, for us, it's such a trivial thing. But I got to talk to some of them who wanted to use Solvo because they understand they want to secure the new workloads they're spinning in the cloud. But just having the conversation with them Mm -hmm. pointing out at what's important when you start doing cloud security over on-prem security. I see how difficult that is for them. And, right. and I also think that they're quite surprised to see a product that's telling them, hey, don't worry, we're going to do that for you. Yeah. And it, it's so dynamic. You don't have to, you know, update the firmware or the hardware or connect those switches. No, you just, you know, click a button and we are there, we're connected, and we're up to date at any given moment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really extraordinary how, you know, over the course of years, as we virtualized and continued to abstract and make things easier, but for the practitioner on the other side, it's not always necessarily easier. It, it, you know, mm -hmm. it, I mean, in it's fact, not. you know, the user experience, um, I think, has continued to improve in so many ways. But that complexity is hidden. It's masked uh, when you present it in such a simple way on, on really what's happening under the covers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that the world is changing. What users need is also changing yep. and the way they want to consume it is also changing. Everything has to be quick and easy yep. and right now yep. and don't make me work for it. Yep. I want to get it, you know, already ready to eat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, geez, if uh, I mean, a perfect example of that is HelloFresh and every other blue apron yes. and all the other. And I just saw a new one now where they just you don't have to prep anything. You open it up, put it in the oven, and, uh, you know, uh, you're not doing any work. Hey, Uber which... Eats is already warm, okay? You can start <laughs> eating it right out of the box. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So let me ask this. So the prize, it's data. Right. And yes. you talked about that earlier. And I do think, you know, that's still something that um, that's a big challenge right now. Data is pouring into the cloud. In, I mean, it, it, it's like it's like if you had a sponge and, and it was dry and you dropped it into a bowl of water. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's absorbing that data in in virtually everywhere. Right. I mean, yeah. in all aspects. And I think that it's really um, I think it's creating some real uh, challenges because we don't have any yet standardization on data and classification. I mean, yes, there's different vendors that do classification. Right. But, you know, I've heard people talking about tagging, for example. But then, mm -hmm. you know, I guess my point is. If I have a bucket and I tag the data as sensitive, 
or I tag the data as benign. Yeah. How do you know I'm telling the truth? This is my flaw with a manual uh, classification. That, that that that's the you know yes I understand and think it's good to enforce tagging I think tagging's brilliant but it, there's do you see what I'm saying where is is if if I'm in the power of classifying the data with tags and I want to do something nefarious and I set aside a bunch of really sensitive data and say benign you know. We need tools that can actually look in, see, and give me 100% assurance and confidence what that data is. What do you think? Okay, I think a few things. First of all, as for products that look into your data and decide if it's sensitive or benign or, or anything else, that means you need to give some product access to your data, all of it, sensitive or not. Now, do you want to do that? Not sure. Uh, then another thing that we need to uh, make sure we, we, we're on the same page with is uh, tagging of data uh, could mean uh, several things. Uh, in, back in, in the TV show Silicon Valley, uh, one of the guys made an app of hot dog, not hot dog. So he would <laughs> tag photos saying if this photo is of a hot dog or not. So this it. is one way of tagging data, right? Saying what's yeah. in the picture, what's in this photo. Um, but I think that what you're asking is about tagging of cloud assets and asking ourselves if this asset contains uh, sensitive data, yes or no. And this is something that a, a, a good AWS user would know. They need to know if this bucket is used for PII, yes or no. I don't care what's inside. I just know that it contains mm. sensitive data. You should, as a cloud user, you should do it. It's a good, pra it's a, it's a best practice. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, users are always, and I'm not saying it in a, in a, a, in a criticizing kind of way, but it is what it is. Users are lazy. Yo. They don't add tags. Yeah. So people, please go ahead add tags to your cloud assets, it will make your life easier because then you can filter everything that is sensitive, everything that is internet facing, it's going to make your life much easier. Yeah. But today, AWS, for example, is giving you a service called uh, Macy. Macy uh, is supposed to be able to detect sensitive data in your bucket. So this way you can tell if, you know, this is a sensitive bucket, yes or no. Um, but this is, this is a, a naive solution and it is using um, a heuristic set of rules. So you know what's the pattern of a social security number, but what if it's an Israeli ID number? Can you identify mm -hmm. that? Right, Probably right. not. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, it's only the beginning I hope that in the future, AWS will provide us with better security solutions. And this actually brings me to a very interesting thing I also wanted to talk to you about, because yeah. I just said that I hope that AWS is going to come up with good security solutions for us, where just the other week, the most embarrassing incident had happened to AWS. People think that it's a good practice uh, to use AWS managed serve, ma managed security policy. Yep. So they have kind of a repository, assuming that these are commonly used uh, uh, policies like uh, access to S3, administrator access, and so on. Now, to one of those managed um, policies, they added the ability for AWS support people to read items out of S3 buckets. So for good eight hours, AWS employees had access. Any S3 bucket? In a, in a bucket that had that enforced this security policy oh that my. is managed by AWS. So you kind of trust these guys with your cloud data and cloud application. 
And by mistake, I'm sure it was an honest mistake, by mistake, they enabled their support people, mm. theoretically, to read items out of your S3 bucket. They said that it was not, uh, it was not used at all. This was the official uh, comment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this raises some questions. Should we be using managed policies, yes or no? Yeah, very interesting. That's it, it, it's such an interesting time because the, I mean the petri dish has shifted so fast. When you look at the, the you know, I mean, look, technology's not been around that long, but the speed at which we've seen cloud adoption shift to the cloud move away from the traditional physical infrastructure that I owned and controlled to, to your point, I mean, we're really giving up quite a bit and being highly trusting uh, and too much can be catastrophic, right? Yeah. Always got to be a check and balance. Always got to be a check and balance. Um, and I do find it... I. I remember, I think we talked about this once before. I just find it fascinating. Uh, um, there was a time when Checkpoint was uh, the Christmas tree, if you will, and there were hundreds of vendors that made products that integrated in with them. Right? Yes. And, and it was, I think they had a name, OPSEC is what it was called for, Open Platform for Security or something like that for years. And they still have you know, a, a large number of vendors that integrate, as do most of the hardware companies. But I just, my point is, there's a new Christmas tree in town. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, you know, and Checkpoint is now an ornament. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've literally went from being the tree to being an ornament yeah. in this ecosystem in this environment and and there are multiple trees that you can hang on right and to me i find that fascinating that that paradigm shift if you will that's occurred in such a short duration of time 10 15 years so i think that there are some companies that are trying to be the new christmas tree for the cloud Uh, a couple of those are israeli companies Wiz and Orca, which you may have heard of, yep. they their claim to fame is kind of be the one-stop shop for the cloud. Uh, the investors like it. Yep. They have raised money at very high uh, valuations. Is their product really being uh, the Christmas tree? I am not sure. And I'm not sure in 2022 we even need a Christmas tree because at this point, Maybe you just need a few branches and kind of build a a little bush. And when you need, you can add another branch. And when you want, you can remove the other one. So kind of DIY security. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you, you, you mentioned those two vendors and the exorbitant valuation and amount of money that they're raising. Um, But I, I, I think it just speaks to the hype and the longevity that this new uh, cloud paradigm really provides in terms of how long it's going to be around, right? This yeah. is a long runway. This is not, this is going to prevail. It's for, not a trend. No, this is going to prevail for, for many, many years. And so, uh, but I think it's interesting. I, if you go back to when I met you mm-hmm. uh, at Dome 9, Shira, it was called cloud security. Yes. That was it. Yes. And, that and then, it. of course, leave it to uh, Gartner, the uh, the quintessential acronym creator. <laughs> we have CSPM, Posture. Yes. Right? And, and without a doubt, unequivocally, you were one of the original creators of what I think is the granddaddy of CSPM, uh, Dome 9. <laughs> Right, which is now uh, part of CloudGuard. But what I find fascinating, and I think this speaks to what we're talking about, the rapid pace of change and how things have evolved is in just, in less, what, three years time, we went from cloud security to CSPM 
to now it's CW. NPP and or, and, or what, right? Yeah, so, we have like so a bunch of acronyms. Yeah, we CIM. went from a product to this posture management that, and and now it's a bucket. It's a platform mm-hmm. that, to me, speaks to the continual change. And I find it hard to believe a company like the aforementioned are today building a platform that's going to be right in five or 10 years. But, you know, I could be wrong. First of all, in every startup pitch, they're going to tell you that they're creating a platform. Because nobody wants to create a tool. If you want to create a tool, go make it outsource, make it it open source and, you know, give it back to the community. So that's that's nice. So correct. But I just think that today you can't really build uh, one solution that fits all. Um, cloud is here to stay. Big security company. I mean, users also get very confused with many different products. This is why one of the things that I decided to do is stop trying to say that I fit into this category or that yes. category. Yes. I just show the users what is the real value and the real output they get out of Solvo. I tell them, listen, yeah, I can give you a really pretty map of all of your cloud. You want asset discovery? I can give you asset discovery, but I can show you the misconfigured assets that you have. I mean, showing you a big map of your entire cloud account is really impressive once. Right. You're not going to take a second look at it. That's exactly right. And I Giving think that's- Giving you a list of, you know, all your assets that are running this version of of Nginx is nice. Yeah. But let me tell you, here are the new security policies you need to enforce for the new application that you deployed. Yeah. So when they see a really clear output that saves them time and helps them to show their boss that they've improved the organization's security posture, yeah. This is when they say, okay, I want to use this product. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting to me how there's in the, in the world of the cloud, um, it, it seems like we have patterns. You know, there's, there's a lot of patterns and it's refining these patterns to minimize the width of the path, so to speak, tighten up. Uh, the 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 particular direction or or route that is taken you know what i mean it's just it, it it's back to that redwood tree making a toothpick it's just constantly yes. refining it to make it uh, that much tighter uh and it what's exciting i think is that uh there's no end in sight no i mean there's just new stuff uh, the scale is con- uh, increasing. I mean, it's pretty exciting times, right? It is, these are exciting times and the, the opportunities are, are endless, right? You just have to dream big and then wake up and start achieving those dreams. Swing for the fences, right? That's yes. what I always say. That That's it. So, so tell me... Um, Meeting with success in the market, you're getting some customer adoption, you're feeling pretty positive there, CEO? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting really good feedback from the market and that you know gives us a feeling that we made some good choices, we built a good product, and we're, the, 2022 is going to be a, our, our sales year. I can actually share that we just added to the team a new team member, uh, Jim Sortino, who also worked with us at Dome 9. Yes. He's an awesome sales executive. I will. And congratulations. He's he's building our sales operations these days. So it's no longer, you know, guerrilla mode me chasing uh, uh, and they're running uh, demos all the time. It's time to right. build a funnel, to build a machine that can scale uh, uh, this process and, um, you know, dream big. That's exciting. Well, and I think, Shira, hats off to you. I mean, I was looking through and you know, October 2020 was when you were on Talking Cloud the first time. 
And you were talking about shifting left. You were talking about CICD pipeline. You were talking about all the things that seem to be in the news today with certainly the supply chain attacks that we've <laughs> seen and whatnot, right? So uh, I think you definitely saw through the eye of the needle and uh, uh, congratulations for that. I, I mean, I wish you all the success in the world. I think, uh, I mean, I think it's uh, terrific what you're doing. So congratulations to you and David. Thank you so much. And I'm really fortunate to have you uh, uh, along and beside us, uh, cheering us, and also giving us the opportunity to share it with everyone else on the podcast. Yeah, no, this will be awesome. I'm really excited about it. And I know I've taken up more time than I uh, normally uh, would. So I have to say uh, goodbye. But thank you so much, Shira. I really appreciate you joining the program. Great conversation. Wishing you and Salvo all the success. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back and we'll hear an update from you in another year or so. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shira. So ladies and gentlemen, another one in the books. This was so fun talking with Shira Shamban co-founder and CEO of Salvo, a dear friend, uh, an associate, someone who I have the utmost respect for. And I just think she's uh, she's just killing it. And Salvo is doing some cool stuff. So I'm really excited and happy to have had her on the program. I hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. And if you are, please share it. Tell your friends, subscribe, and we'll look forward to having you back on the next episode of Talking Cloud. Thanks so much. 